This is the Glass Tire Art Dirt Podcast. I'm Randy Knutson. I'm Christina Reese. For our Art Dirt Podcast, we talk about topical issues every other week in the art world. We do. And we thought about discussing the Damien Hirst extravaganza, <laughs> aquatic extravaganza in, in Venice. Venice. <laughs> Verona would not leave my mind. But we realized that that was not, nothing that we could add anything interesting to beyond like, golly, that looks expensive. Yeah, let's go see it. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing those objects in person. Yeah, let's get on a plane. <laughs> uh, closer to home, though, you were at the Dallas Art Fair last week. Yeah, so it launched kind of Thursday, basically, and lasted all weekend. And I was there for a couple of days. I was trying to kind of monitor the ener- energy level as late as kind of late Saturday. Um, I thought it was excellent. I was incredibly impressed. I go into these things with some cynicism, uh, some dread, because it's an art fair. Well, as a former yeah. dealer, you have you know, personal experience of the horror of art fairs. Yeah, and I did art fairs in Chicago and in New York and in Miami. So I also know, I'm also incredibly sympathetic to the dealers, Yeah, you know. And I don't really like seeing artists walking around because I think it's a soul-crushing experience for most artists. Um, but in Dallas, you know, they just need to get the crowds in and they did. It was, it was high energy all weekend. Uh, it's a very international fair at this point. It actually has been for a while. I mean, they've got dealers in from, you know, Dubai and Tokyo and, uh, Bogota and just, it's, it's crazy. It's, and it's only maybe 90 galleries. It's a little, it's like a boutique fair. It's very small. And probably, and it's part of that's because of the building that it's in. It's in a building called Fashion Industry Galleries, which is we call the Fig Building, and that kind of helps keep it uh, tightly curated. And it is curated, believe me, because they don't even post the prices for these booths. Chris Byrne, uh, the main organizer, Chris Byrne and John Chagru, he really does handpick these galleries. And well, word on the street is if he likes you you get a cheaper booth. And if he's not very excited about you, you have to pay more money. Yeah, cheaper is kind of a strange term here because the, the fare is not really cheap by any stretch. Really? really for e- even, even by New York and Miami standards? Well, you know, it depends on the fares that you're doing. If you're doing Aqua in Miami or Untitled, you know, somewhere, it's, it's roughly the same. It's, you know, you're going to pay ten to $12,000 even for the smallest booth. In Dallas as well? Yeah. That's what I mean. Interesting. In Dallas. Yeah, yeah. I, I, given how very much of a jump it seemed like it was this year in terms of the galleries that were participating, mm. I mean, they put their backs into getting these people in from out of town. I have, to, I have to think that they have to go to these people in London or Monterey or, you know, New York slash Paris slash Hong Kong slash Seoul slash Tokyo. That's Periton Gallery. And they have to say, you know, please, please come. We'll make it worth your while. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what they're promising them. I don't know what deals are happening under the table, and it's it's going to be a little bit hard to get that kind of information. However, and all and all fairs do that. It is worth noting. It, absolutely, they do. And so, just because one fair publishes its uh, prices doesn't mean that they're sticking to it. You know, they had Gagosian this year. They had Simon Lee. Um, so Gagosian was there because there was a whole thing like Gagosian is coming, but they're not on the list. They're not? No. Oh, well, they were absolutely there, and they were at the front, and they didn't have a sign. That was kind of their, I guess, way of being. And they didn't mind the publicity. I mean, there was a lot of publicity. It was what's-his-name who did Chalet Dallas. 
Piero Golia, who was in town. And he was the one who did Chalet Dallas at Nasher, which turned out to be such a great success and was tremendous fun for the entire time that it was up. Is it odd that Gagosian is not listed amongst their exhibitors? There was a ton of publicity. Gagosian was going to be in Dallas. They were in Dallas. The booth was toward the front. It was big. And that's that. And, of course, that's a draw for other galleries to come in. Sure. Um, you know, and the other thing that I, I just wrote about as well and that people, it's, that people are talking about is that the DMA's acquisition fund, which this year was $100,000, up from fifty k last Expl- year. So explain what that is. The Dallas Museum of Art uh, has an acquisition fund that's specifically for the Dallas Art Fair. And Gavin De La Hunty, the contemporary curator at the DMA, walks a group of patrons around, DMA patrons around, who are funding this, and they pick out artworks to buy for the permanent collection of the DMA. Now, this is a big deal. And, you know, galleries are much more li- – international galleries are much more likely to bring their good stuff because they know that it might go straight into the museum. And the, I think there was a time, those first couple of years – this was the ninth year of the Dallas Art Fair – And I think the first few years, galleries were bringing their most conservative. I mean, there was just so much conservative, decorative stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's much more, uh, I'd say, much, much more sophisticated. He goes in with kind of a short list that they've all sort of pre-researched, but they don't necessarily stick to it. So every gallery's got, you know, it's an even playing field and who knows. Now, they don't buy from Dallas galleries. That is, let's note that. That's not the point. The point is to make sure that the international galleries bring better work. And it does work. You mean the DMA, the DMA doesn't buy from Dallas galleries? No. That's a landmine for them, a minefield for them. It is a minefield, but it also, it really, if it really is about uh, just, just raising the quality overall and making sure that the big, big international galleries do not... Phone it in. Yeah, do not insult Dallas, that it doesn't insult the city of Dallas and they've got to bring in better stuff. So last year, you had said last year was sort of a dip for the Dallas Art Fair. They got, it got a ton of press this year. I mean, we, you wrote a piece about it, but like Hyperallergic published a big thing about the Dallas Art Fair. I think Artnet did. This has been like, going on ooh. for three years, though. I think the, the big publicity push that, that goes national has been happening for about three years running. Last year, I just personally felt a dip in the energy. I can't even put my finger on it. I talked to several dealers um, and some other people this year, and they didn't, they weren't necessarily on board with that, but I, I just, that's, maybe that was just completely subjective, but I do think that this year, and I think most people are saying that this year really was probably the best year so far. It'll continue to grow. Dallas galleries don't know how much longer they're going to be allowed to do the fair. They're going to move into a new space in two years. They don't know how long they'll be allowed to do it. Yeah. I mean, there's kind of a, a sense that if the if the Dallas Art Fair continues to grow and the new space isn't that much bigger than the current space, it's just all on one floor. So say it's 100 galleries instead of 90 galleries. If Chris Byrne is still out there hustling the big international galleries to come in, at some point, you know, Dallas galleries are going to start start to drop off the list, either because they can't afford it or they're not asked to participate. Wow. I think that would be a mistake. I think now we're all just speculating. This is just all talk on the ground. Now, you know, the very first years of the art fair or the very first year of the art fair, uh, Dallas galleries weren't invited at all. Uh, now it seems to be this kind of mainstay group of, you know, the really the obvious Dallas galleries are there. Tally Dunn is there. Barry Whistler's there. Condo is there. These polished 
galleries like Chris Worley and Aaron Cluley, little upstarts like, you know, Row 2, which has really made a nice kind of impression over the last couple of years. But yeah, I mean, I as he continues to pull in more and more international spaces, will there be room for Dallas galleries? Mm. It's interesting because as a, as a Houstonian, I'm on the outside of all this. And the notion that at local galleries wouldn't be asked to do a fair, like from the get-go, that's, that's just suicidal. suicidal. It's also interesting to me because the Houston, the, you know, the, the conventional wisdom, certainly in Houston, is that as a group, the Houston galleries are better than the Dallas galleries because they're just more people who buy art in Houston because it's a much, much bigger city. I'm, I know that the Dallas galleries would probably have a bone to pick with that idea, but no Houston galleries go to Dallas anymore. They did. They did, yeah. Uh, Betty Moody used to do it. Texas Gallery did it at least once. Uh, Carrie Inman's done it before. They stopped looking. It feels to me like they stopped bothering and haven't even really necessarily kept up with what's going on. I don't know, I, and I don't think that, that Chris Byrne is courting any of them anyway. Oh, he may he's, not. He's even... not at all. Like, and they had they the Houston Galleries felt uh, none of them had they, even if they sold work, they were like it was a terrible experience. So. And he probably, you know, I, I doubt he gives a shit. So I think that they just, they're, they're like, even if we sell work, it's not worth it to us to go up there and be treated badly. The Dallas galleries are definitely selling work. As far as they're concerned, it's worth doing. Yeah. And that's not going to stop. As does long as it, they're allowed to do it, they'll do it. Does it bring people in from out of town? Yes. So far, to some degree, it's bringing some collectors in from out of town, mainly what it's brought in from out of town, the kind of people over the last couple of years are, are other dealers from other cities scouting the Dallas Art Fair to see if it's worthwhile. That, that was the impression I got. No, not that many Houston dealer, uh, collectors went up there. No, the no. Houston collectors I, don't go. No. It's a lot of art consultants, a lot of Dallas-based art consultants are taking their little, their little groups around. Those groups, by the way, tend to kind of ignore Dallas galleries. They're there to look at the international galleries to see what they brought in. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, right now, but although one dealer said, they, I'll use they instead of a proper pronoun, they believe that we're at a tipping point, and by next year, more out-of-town actual collectors will be coming in to see it because it is international. And, it, it is well, and the list of galleries is really good. I mean, there are it's a lot really of galleries good. on here that I really like from outside of Texas. Yeah. Mm. What is it? What is the mood about the Texas contemporary right that, now? That's the Houston fair. Oh, it's the, the mood is very bleak. I wrote a piece about this last fall after the fair. Um, the Houston dealers, it's interesting. The Houston dealers that I spoke with, their response as to whether they would participate again this year ranged from definitively no way to the most positive response I got, which was, I'm really going to try and talk the organizers out of even trying to do it this year. It was, the, it was not a good fair last year. It hasn't been good since the early days of it. And there, you know, there are reasons in the founding of the fair that are, at this point, is a little bit water under the bridge. But I, think, I, I do think torpedoed it as an effort from the beginning, at least in terms of getting patron support in Houston, which is the whole deal. Mm -hmm. um, there are art buyers in Houston, but the, the good art buyers, they're not going to get excited about a crummy fair. And so it's just, it, ha it just hasn't been very strong. It's been tough. It's Is it, it possible that it's just going to tank and then there won't be an art fair in Houston in that's, years time? That's what the Houston dealers are all hoping. What would they do? Just, just throw all their energy and money at, at other 
fairs. Like, oh, yeah. But I think a lot of them aren't going to throw energy or money this year, whether there's a fair or not. I, I, you know, I think that they, you know, they don't need this fair to reach Houston buyers. And nobody's nope. going to come in from out of town for a crummy fair. Nope. And, and, you know, I think, again, to the point of the Dallas Art Fair being around for nine years, it's taken them some time to build this up. And now, after nine years, they had a really good fair, and people are talking about it. And it's like, well, maybe next year the out-of-town, you know, buyers will come. I got the feeling, you know, I'm, I'm sure that they are cutting deals for these out-of-town galleries to try and sex up the fair and make it really great. And they're smart to do so. And, you know, I'm sure that for a lot of these out-of-town dealers in Dallas, this fair is just no skin off their back. It doesn't cost them that much money. It's sort of painless. Um, and, and for the local galleries, it's probably not painless, but it's necessary. Whereas in Houston, it is, it's painful and not necessary for the local galleries. And I think the out of town galleries are like, we're not coming back for that. Not the good ones. It's funny because there's, there's another fair that's beginning to percolate out of one of these sort of awful street art fairs with handmade soaps and wind chimes in Austin. So Austin had this... I'm not sure what they call it. It's some kind of like the city art fair festival. It's it's Austin's art Alliance. And they've had this street crafts fair going on for years outside. They've moved the whole operation to a new, new area. And now they've got an indoor proper or, you know, what they're trying to turn into a proper art fair. fair. And this was the second year of it. And I think, I think for the Houston deal, there are a couple of Houston dealers who went to that, who, we're raving about it because it's you, you pay a percentage of your sales. So they don't, there's, there is no skin off their back. If they don't sell, they don't pay any money. So for them, it was a really fun little trip to Austin and they got to see a bunch of artists. And, you know, one of them went back to San Antonio the week after the Austin art fair, picked up an artist, did a bunch of studio visits. So the other dealers that I talked to in Houston who had not gone to Austin this year, they were all like, I'm going to go next year. Cause I think they're, like, well, this is easy. And, f- and, f- and the big thing about it, back to sort of the hell of fairs for galleries, is the Austin Fair was actually pleasant for the dealers. It opens Friday night. It's open Saturday and Sunday. That's it. You know, it's not a huge time commitment. Um, it's very collegial. It's just, they said it was just relaxed and fun. I think a lot of that speaks to the way the fair is organized, but also just the culture of Austin, which is, has that, like, laid-back tech culture thing. Now, there's, you know, no, there's nobody there who buys art to speak of, Yeah, really. I was going to say, as long, as long as it's this cheap, it might be worth it. But, you know, from what I heard uh, about the same fair was that this whole – there's a bit of a confusion for all the people who are showing up who are used to this being an outdoor street festival mm-hmm. that's not really art necessarily. And then they go inside – <laughs> to see the exhibitor booths and they're a little confused like what like, is this thirty five hundred dollars what yeah, why is this so expensive and so i don't so there's this weird entanglement and uh this kind of tonal confusion about what exactly this fair is but a lot of that, uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact not not that it came out of a street fair i think but out of the fact that austin is just not an art town i mean tech culture is not art culture it's it's different people spend their money on different things so they're, they've got their work cut out for them. What they have in their favor is that it's the city doing it. So they can keep it going as long as they want, you know, and they That's can, true. they can, I, I think if the city of Austin is smart, they will keep that fair going and they will be nice to out of town dealers. And 
what it does more than anything is promotes the city and also promotes the artists who live in Austin. Because I think for the big winners are the artists who live in Austin who get exposure to dealers from elsewhere. Because they were people were picking up younger artists and San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that too. I I know a, de- a dealer here who picked up an Austin artist and is is going to show him in the next six weeks actually. Yeah. So, you know, I think back to Dallas. I think for some of these big galleries from you know abroad or New York you know it's they'll they'll come to Dallas and and they've been given a good deal probably and begged to come and they just for them it's sort of like shh we'll try it you know I think there was a time probably from about year three to five when I think a lot of galleries did try it and didn't necessarily come back or maybe they did it two years in a row and then stopped and I do think that this acquisition from fund from the DMA reignited this fair and has kind of, if I want to go as far as to say that it saved it, I, I don't know if, if I need to be that uh, emphatic, but it certainly made it turn a corner. And do, you, do you know of a similar effort at any other fair anywhere? I've never heard of such a thing. I don't, but we do know that almost every fair, if it's worth its salt, uh, works very, very hard to get museum groups in. Yes, but the normal museum acquisition process at any museum is like a time-consuming, committee-driven, slow thing that, you know, six months later after the fair, the museum gets yep. the piece from the gallery, and the gallery is like, yay, yeah. you know, but, but at this fair, they're just buying on the spot. I, they are. Now, so who put that? Was that the DMA that did that, or was that the fair guys? Um, that, that was a joint effort. That was Gavin De La Hunting and John Chagru. So my guess is... I would say probably the fair approached the DMA and said, what can we do to elevate this game or, you know, and I, but I don't know that. I do know that the two of them cooked it up and it's working and it's good for all of Dallas. It wouldn't have been good for Dallas for this, for the Dallas art fair to fail, to go away, to disappear. That's not a Dallas thing. Dallas needs to look good and shiny and glossy and glamorous all the time. So I could see why the DMA would be like, yeah, let's, let's work on this. Let's make this happen. Whereas in Houston, the MFAH would never, there's no reason for them to support the fair. You know, they, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. One thing that the Dallas Art Fair has going for it that there's, the Houston Fair just doesn't have, and also that the Austin Art Fair has going for it, is the organizers are there in the city all year. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that makes all the difference in the world, of course. I mean, to have somebody who's only doing that fair, because at one point, I think actually in the dip years for the Dallas Art Fair, that's when they were trying to do the San Francisco Design Fair. Fog, I think they called it. Mm. Or something. And, yeah, and I and yeah, that sort that, of was a bust, and I think they realized like we're going to have to pour our energy into Dallas or you know go home. As it well, were. all all it's all hands on deck. It's you know, I mean, the, it's, it's guns a blazing for Dallas with these 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 organizers at this point. And of course, they travel around and they do lots and lots of hustling, but it's always for the Dallas Art Fair. Yeah, the companies that have multiple fairs in multiple cities, it's just really really hard because regional fairs are by nature regional. And you had better like know that local community and and be with it, and you and even down to like civics, civic people and and mayors and city council people and like you need to like know the scene, so it helps a lot that Chris Byrne is in in Dallas, obviously. Yeah, and John Chagru, and that they've gotten you know our mayor to declare that this week of April, you know, last week of April to be Dallas Art Week. You know, it's like a citywide. Uh, well, this year it was Art Month, right? 
Yeah, or months, excuse me. They they elevated it from a week to an entire month. So yeah, we're, st- we're still in the middle of it. You know, the whole thing with regional fairs, they're, they are so, so problematic. And it was interesting. The, the Houston dealers I talked to, they were all like, we're not doing any, maybe Chicago. Um, and, and they said, like, I, we, a couple of dealers, I was like, I only want to do Armory or Mexico City. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You know, and even Miami, they're like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I, I think that sometimes people go to Miami and don't sell anything. One dealer I spoke to who had an amazing fair in, in New York, it was one of those just magical fair experiences where the booth sells out and you, you hear about this, you know, leprechaun, but you never see it. But he actually had this experience and he was just like, I, I finally realized what, what an amazing fair looks like. You know, and it, and it is really fun, and it'll keep you going to more fairs. But it, I, I don't know. Everyone keeps saying, saying fairs are going to die, but they don't. They don't die because they're too convenient. Because, you know, even Dallas dealers were saying that they had clients and consultants who they don't see during the year. They see them at the fair, and they're local, you know? Yeah. So people just take full advantage of the fact that everything is under one roof. It's easy. There's a lot of energy. It's a party. Everyone loves a party. And it just gets people through the door. And it is, it's convenient even for me. It's convenient for everybody. It's just too – and if it costs too much, obviously it's not worth it. But if they can figure out a way to – if a gallery can figure out a way – and sometimes you know, galleries sell so much work, like, your, like the person that you were just talking about, I know who you mean, who sold out in New York. Man, sometimes you sell more at an art fair than you do the rest of your combined inside your own gallery. Yeah, I talked to a couple of dealers who've been in the game a long time, and they were just like, you know, to do these fairs, it's like you have this staff, and they're like a machine, and they just like crank out fairs. And and this person was talking about one of the galleries that she was paying attention to has already done four fairs this year. She's like, I, I mean, there's no way I could have done four fairs already in this year. So it, it is interesting, though. This gets into the whole, like, is it even worth it to have a physical space anymore? But a lot right. of fairs require it. Like ADAA, you're not getting in. Well, I think actually some private dealers do get in ADAA. But a lot of fairs, you have to have a physical space to be able to, to have a booth. Right, right, right. That'll fall away. I think the, I, I think the trend will. will be that it will fall away. Yeah. Yep. Do, you, do you think the last year I talked to Catherine Clark for my article about the Houston Fair and she said, you know, the pricing model is just going to have to change. I mean, it, you can't, the galleries just cannot be on the line for all this money every single time. There has to be some sort of percentile of your sales or something that works into it. Do you think that could feasibly happen? I mean, the big top fairs, no, that's not going to happen. I'm looking at this list of people who showed at in Dallas and I'm looking at, you know, there, there are galleries from Detroit and San Juan and, um, Berlin and Antwerp. And I don't know what their money situation is. I don't know what their financial situation is, but I would guess that in order to get really interesting young work in by these interesting young galleries, there's going to have to be a sliding scale. There has to be. Mm Mm-hmm. Because these galleries are in danger of disappearing anyway, as it stands. I mean, the, 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 the idea now is that it's going to be super galleries, and then it's just like the middle class is disappearing. <laughs> it's like all the middle, mid-range galleries are going to disappear. It's going to be the super galleries like Gogian and White Cube, et cetera, David's Warner, and then and Hauser and & Wirth, and then all the little scrappy, cool startup galleries that show all their pals – but I think I thought, nothing in between. I thought the argument was that fairs would be the thing that kept mid-tier galleries going. They still have to pay rent, and they still have to figure out a way to come up with the ten grand for the booth and the five grand for the shipping and the rest of the travel. 
and it's not cheap. I mean, I we did three fairs and three big international fairs, and I don't think I ever did more than break even. The point was just to boost the profile of the gallery and to meet people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we sold a lot of work. I mean, we sold enough to cover our costs, but it's exhausting. It's exhausting for a small gallery that doesn't have a staff to deal with the logistics of a fair. So in your piece about the fair, you you said Dallas looked good. It looked loose and casual and cool. And mm-hmm. it's was, getting used to this. It's getting it's getting very used to this kind of because we do, we do this twice a year. We do it in April and we do it again in October. This oh, big for two art, by two. Yeah, for two by two. So it becomes this big international thing where all these people fl- fly in from out of town. You see all these people. You see curators and dealers from everywhere. And everyone's going to the same places and hanging out in the same bars and restaurants and galleries and clubs and whatever. And, you know, Dallas is starting to get used to it. And and therefore, it's starting to kind of settle in and get more confident. And it just doesn't seem like it's striving. Trying so damn hard. It's funny because we don't have an equivalent event in Houston. And, you know, Houstonians tend to be like, oh, Dallas with its sparkliness (laughs) and its striving. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I think Dallas is, I mean, if I can speak of the city as, a, as, a, as a, my pal, Dallas, is smart to get on the, get on the glamour train. Dallas it's, has always been about the glamour train. Don't worry about that. That's not changing anytime soon. <laughs> Look at Dallas getting on the glamour train. Go Dallas. Yeah, just, yeah like it's just now happening. Um, <laughs> it's just now getting really good at it. I'll say that. Mm, at least in the art world. Mm-hmm, at least in the art world, it's starting to really look good. It's starting to feel good. And it's starting to feel real. Like it's not just a put on. It's actual. It's an actual thing that's happening. It's wild. Wow. Look at, I know. Look at our little Dallas all grown up. Oh, Dallas. <laughs> Boy, you went into that accent scarily easily. Hey, man, I'm from here. So that's another Glass Tire Art Dirt podcast. Again, I'm Rainy Knudsen. I'm Christina Reese. I want to thank Eric Jarvis and Crush Pad Productions, our sponsor, uh, for connecting us with Matt Johnson, the musician, whose song Fly Away we use. Uh, We hope you all are doing well out there, and we hope you go see some art. Go see some art.